Jennifer Zhang. Mm-hmm. Jackie Lopez. Give me three words to describe life signs. <gasps> life signs mm-hmm. was amusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, macabre. Ooh. Other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And hormonal. Hormonal. Bam! This is Seven of Wine. Lopez. I'm Jennifer Zhang. And uh, this is Seven of Wine, where we pair episodes of Star Trek Voyager and bottles of wine and review them at the same time. Guess who's back? Back again. Seven of Wine is back. We tried. We tried. No. It's, it doesn't fit. No. The rhyme scheme. Mm-mm. We have... I, I forgot how to podcast. <laughs> Me too. We're going to figure it out together, not soberly. Mm-mm, because we've been pre-gaming. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this week's episode was Life Signs. Have we ever done a doctor episode? We have not, which is why I picked it. (gasps) Ooh. And the only reason I picked it is because in our absence, basically, Jen and I ended up having lives for some reason over the summer. Surreal. every now and then. Every now and then. Yep. Didn't think it was going to happen this now or this then. But we always snap back to Star Trek. Oh, we have to. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, trust, we do. This is our home base. (laughs) Anyways, so I decided to do a live tweet of um, resolutions, and at some point in resolutions, this whole interaction with this Vidian and the doc happens, and I remember trying to search my memory banks after that live tweet session that I had, mm-hmm. um, where, where, where was the, the episode that set this up? Mm-hmm. And it was life signs. So mm-hmm. I decided to go in on it. Um, so oh, she went in on it. Oh, I went in on she it. She went in on it. And then I said, Jen, want to go in on it with me? Yeah, hell yeah. And then we tag teamed and <laughs> went in on it. We high fived. Stop! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> I'm writhing like a worm. Oh my gosh. But before that continues further, Jen, give us a brief synopsis of life signs. I'd be delighted to, Jackie. Thank you. Hmm, been drinking too much wine already. Woohoo! I'm turning into a British woman. Why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> I simply, I simply We're don't going international on this episode, actually. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so Voyager unwittingly rescues an unconscious Vidian mm. who's adrift in space, and she happens to be so afflicted with a disease that she's nearly dead. Yep. So the doctor transfers her consciousness into a holographic representation of her sans disease... Uh, while he attempts to repair her body. And he and her name is Denara or Denara. I think Denara? Denara. Denara. Um, Go with it. He and Denara, uh, as we learn, uh, are hopeful that they can cure her condition. But what they hadn't hoped for or expected oh. is love. love. <laughs> the love ship. <laughs> That was pretty on point with the song. It was very good. What's funny about this epi um, is that it's... Epi. Epi. What's funny about this epi Mm -hmm. is that we're in season two. We are in season two. And arguably, uh, a character who has the greatest, most dramatic arc is the Doctor. And that's intentional, right? Like, every Star Trek series has to have their version of, like, data. Basically, like, the, the... 
like guy who doesn't quite have humanity down, who learns how to be human as the series progresses. Like you see that as their their trajectory. And the doctor is that. Mm, I, I know. I see Jackie's face, and I'm gonna mind meld with you. Uh, you're thinking seven of nine. Stop, Jen. <laughs> oh my God, it's still up. It's still up in my mind. Oh. Exactly. That's, that's actually what makes Voyager to me very, very unique. It is it has two characters who, in their own different ways, are learning how to be human, right? That's crazy. And that's why, and it's funny, you don't even really realize it, but that's why it's so fascinating, the episodes where the two of them are in a conundrum together, because it is literally the blind leading the blind. It's so great. We open, not with the doctor, Mm-mm. Jennifer Zang. We open with Tom Paris arriving late yep. from the bridge. Making a big show of some lame-ass excuse. Um, and Chakotay was having none of his shit. My favorite thing is Harry Kim's face throughout this entire thing. Because Harry Kim is not the person to jump in and try to be chummy with you in terms of, oh yeah, I'll back you up, bro. Yeah. I got your back, bro. He's like, bro. You fucked up, dude. Yeah. So it, the episode starts out with uh, setting up this tension between Tom and Chakotay, which is going to become very important over several episodes, this one included. We see some tension, but then we go, all right, we'll get back to this. So, of course, they're on the bridge. He's about ready to get a, a spanking by Janeway. Not really true, but, you know, that was in my mind. And then all of a sudden they get uh, an emergency beacon, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and they, they do their scans. Their scanity scans. And um, they know that whoever is in the vessel is very, is very much under, like, uh, in a really, really sorry state. They can tell that uh, she's unconscious yep. or super not good. The, a lot happens before the opening titles on this episode. You know what also happens before the opening titles of of our episode? Mm -hmm. We forgot to go over the goddamn wine. (laughs) That's what happens when you drink the wine. You guys, that's what happens when you drink the wine, and you've been in stasis for X amount of months as we have. So we're going to push the pause button here. You guys, so I picked this sweet bottle of Alki, and it is called... Delicious wine. Ilusión de amor. Which in Spanish means illusion of love. Illusion of love. Of love. Why? Because holograms, to an extent, are illusions unto themselves. Exactly. And of course, if he is an illusion, is love real in the confines of his body? Anywho. So, this is from Vinos Martlot. And okay, so it's from the Valle de Guadalupe in Baja California. So... Baja California is basically trying, they, they have this wine country called Guadalupe, Guadalupe Valley, and they are trying to bring people there. They want to make it the next Napa, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, so the reality with this wine is my sister actually got it for me when she went wine tasting in the Guadalupe Valley, and she brought it back. So I can't tell you where she got it. She got it at a vineyard, but apparently it's very limited run. Uh, they don't really sell it. It's a red blend. And apparently it is, um, it is a mix of, oh, I saw the, the grapes in here, um, but I can't find it anymore. But basically it says on the back, I'm paraphrasing tremendously. Um, because it's, it's in Spanish, it's guys. It's in Spanish, y'all, and I don't feel like reading it because we already jumped the gun. Um, basically it's intense red. Um, it's going to have medium bodied. It's elegant. It's an exotic aroma that's fruity. Um, it has floral notes and some spice. That's all I got from that. Cheers. Uh, ch- three cheers three for cheers. Voyager. Here we go. That was resonant. It is a good table wine, ladies and gentlemen. So good. It is, it is smoky. It is spicy. 
but it doesn't beat you with that. Uh, the the smoke really happens like right at the tail end. You get hit with a little bit of a little bit of smoke, like you've inhaled some. You've like you've inhaled a bonfire, and it's um. It's, but in a good way. It's delightful. And right now, in this this last uh, little sip that I took, mm-hmm. a delicate little elegant sip, as it were, um, I got a little chocolate. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Get There's in no there. There's no chocolate on the back Go of this Go in on bottle. that, girl. Go in on that. Um, Let me see. I get, like, hints of floral notes in the smell. It might be mocha. It might not be chocolate. It might be, like, an espresso, like, an espresso note. I don't get it. Mmm. Mmm. It is good. It is really, really good. It's very dry. It's, like it's, it's dry. It's not too peppery. It's a good mellow wine. And I think that as we leave it alone and stop consuming it so voraciously, I think it'll open up to even be more mellow, which is going to be the tits. So if people want this, it's going to be hard to acquire. Yep. Too bad for you. Good thing we're drinking it all so you won't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Illusion de amor. Illusion. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I loosen the amor. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. So back on Voyager. Let's hit the play button, motherfucker. So uh, they find a Vidian. They transport her onto uh, the ship. The doctor does what the doctor does. What, what? He, him and Kess, which also this is the first episode we've done of our podcast where Kess is a factor. I just want to point that out. She is a factor. She is a factor. And you know what? She's a very, like, this is the first episode I feel where she actually is very much assisting on everything. Like, she's she was integral. very technical. Yeah. She wasn't as hunky-dory holistic as she usually is. Yeah. But I digress. She's not pure mood seedy as a woman. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm. <laughs> so she, so they transport this body basically on. It's uh, unconscious. She's in the med bay. And they discover, <laughs> so funny, they're doing this scan of her body and they're like, wait, hold on, what's this? Are you serious? It's this blinking LED that's on the side of her temple and it's like going crazy and it took them like forever to discover it. They're like, what's this? And they're like, oh, is it is it somehow like keeping her, is it hurting her? Is it making her... <laughs> is, did it put her this way? It, it, did it make her unconscious? No, it is actually a, uh, it's a database that's like recording or keeping her consciousness and her experiences in her life her uh neurological signs Mm -hmm. alive it's like cataloging it so that even as her body is deteriorating this thing is maintaining her consciousness well and at the same time it's also stimulating her consciousness right so it's almost like a pacemaker of the brain yes right so it's 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 downloading stuff as much as it's trying to mm-hmm. also preserve the integrity of whatever mm-hmm. brain cells she has left. Now, we do have to describe for the sake of the uh, the episode, for people who don't know what a Vidian is, very, very specific kind of thing, uh, specific to Voyager. Mm-hmm. In the Delta Quadrant, the Vidians are a race of people who are afflicted. Like, their entire culture and their history has been has become hyper-focused on this disease, this flesh-eating disease that ravages their people. Gonorrhea. Distro- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, bag it up. Bag it up, Vidians. That's all we're saying. If Just, they practice the safe sex, this wouldn't have happened. I know condoms feel weird, but bag it up. <laughs> um, so, they have, so they have this rampant flesh-eating disease, and the way the society has dealt with it is that they keep grafting parts of, like, they graft flesh onto their bodies in places that have rotted off. So they all look like patchwork quilts. They do. So we have But this- make, make note that the minute they put an organ in, yeah. it starts getting afflicted. Yeah. So this is not a patchwork quilt that is, that has a terminal 
um, formation. No. They're consistently harvesting organs yeah. to try to see not only um, if they can support their life, but also to see if it's resistant in any way. Yeah, it's a whole population of people that are just constantly dying. Mm -hmm. constantly dying well, at a slower pace or a faster pace, depending on whether or not they can scavenge the parts they need to graft onto their bodies. This is just, oh, oh. that planet just must smell disgusting. Yeah. It, it, it should. Not just Ugh. their planet, those people. Yeah, they must just smell like the worst. Rotting flesh. Flesh, like literally. So we have this slab of a body that's on, on um, you know, in the med bay, and it's just a patchwork quilt, just like all of the Vidians. And the doctor says, you know what? Because this neurological transmitter thing is maintaining her consciousness, I can actually create a hologram that contains all of her consciousness and bring her to bring her into consciousness, mm -hmm. right? So we can effectively treat her. Yep, and he does, uh, but of course without the phage, mm -hmm. the disease. So um, when she comes to, she, for the first time in her entire life, essentially doesn't have the disease. In her adult life, yeah, because she yeah. got the phage when she was like nine or something. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, she comes to consciousness in this holographic body mm -hmm. and she's perfect. Yeah, and she's beautiful, a beautiful Vidian. Vidians are actually quite fetching. Yeah. I think we can, uh, it's safe to say, suffice yep. to say, that if it, if it weren't for the gonorrhea, they'd be fine. Yep. So it's, here she is standing over like her grotesque body and we get to learn about this character. Mm -hmm. Um of course, the mission at hand is for her as a physician on her planet. That's why she was adrift in space. She was on a mission to maybe find, like a fact-finding mission to discover things that could assist her people. Um, so now the doctor actually unexpectedly has an ally. Yep. She's literally a hologram who can speak medicine just like him. What? What? Seems like they might get along. Hmm. But enough about that. Let's go back to the thing where... Paris was ticking off Chakotay. Yep. So, Captain, or uh, First Officer's Log, we learn about the fact that there's a Vidian colony not too far from where Voyager is. They're mm -hmm. going to drop off the, the chick mm -hmm. if they can, peacefully. Mm -hmm. But in the meanwhile, Chakotay needs to have some words with the captain because mm -hmm. he's not liking how Tom Paris mm -hmm. is acting on the bridge. Giving him some lip. Giving him the lip. And Janeway goes, I leave it in your very capable hands. Mm -hmm. And she squeezes the button for luck, and she exits the scene. Yep. That's exactly what she said. Now, if we, if we think about what Chakotay is, you know, he was, he was, he's very much an alpha male. Mm -hmm. You know, he led the, uh, he led a he resistance. He was the captain of the Maquis. Yeah, he was, he was the captain of the whole ship. Um, he had a whole crew, and, you know, he already kind of has some hang-ups about the fact that the crew doesn't, the Starfleet side of the crew doesn't necessarily respect him. And you put him up against the most disrespectful of all the Voyager crew, Mr. Tom Paris. The, 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 um, inmate. Yep. Yep. The, uh, he, he even calls him, uh, uh, he, he tells Janeway that Paris is her reclamation project. Damn. Yeah. Daniel. Burn. Burn. So he goes and meets him in the mess hall. Well, well, do we want to go there or do we want to actually jump to, uh, jump back to the, the, the sick bay? Oh, oh yeah. Let's do that. We could. Yeah. So her name's Dinara mm -hmm. Pell. She's a hematologist. And uh, she's basically, oh, wait, you're absolutely right. Basically, uh, they've, oh, so they've decided, they've realized they need to work on her brain ASAP. Because yeah. homegirl, 
is gonna die. Her, she's dying. Her body's not in a good state. And the current holographic state that she's in, um, her neurological uh, stuff is also <laughs> deteriorating. Yes, everything. So she, she can't live as a hologram, basically. It's temporary uh, receptacle for her consciousness. So if her body dies, um, the consciousness doesn't have, like, it can remain in the hologram for a very limited amount of time before it's gone, too. So basically, they have to work towards a cure. It's a race against time. It's a race against time! <laughs> Just like that. Yep. So the doctor has a plan, doesn't he? Does he? Does he? He does. He does. Yep, he's programmed to have all the answers. And he does. He has an idea based on another episode that we conveniently reviewed in one of our episodes called Faces. Faces! Faces! Where <laughs> our beautiful, our beautiful Belana Torres mm -hmm. was abducted, mm -hmm. experimented on, Yep. but apparently her Klingon DNA, it can uh, protect against the fudgy. Yep, they, they discovered... Um, they discovered while she was being experimented on in the episode Faces that Faces. Klingon DNA is very, very strong and it can um, overcome the effects, the deleterious effects of the phage. So the doctor's idea, and I love the way that we, it's, he's having a one-on-one -on -one with Bolana, yeah. and we keep in mind that we are encountering a season two doctor, which means he doesn't quite yet, he's programmed to adapt. Very, mm -hmm. very important. He's programmed to learn and adapt, right? Um, and he's never been turned on before. Oh my God. He's never, he wasn't turned on yes. as in activated okay. until the beginning of this particular mission because they didn't need a an emergency holographic medical officer because their doctor was alive. Yeah. And then the doctor died and they switched him on. And so he's, he's literally a year into learning how to be a person, right? Yes. So he approaches Bolana with no sensitivity. Now, Bolana, back in Faces, when she was captured by the Vidians, was strapped down, yep. experimented on horrifically. Horri she was split into two. Sp like split, literally they ripped her apart. They made her uh, undergo agonizing experiments. Yep. Purposely infected her with disease. This was not a good time for Bolana. So the yeah. doctor is now like, uh, oh yeah, Bolana. So, um, so uh, hey girl, hey, 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 what's up? Hey, so uh, um, got an idea. Yep, want to uh, throw it at you? No bigs. We no just, bigs. We just kind of want to strap you down, cut open your skull, take a little bit of your brain out. No big deal. No big deal. What's the big deal? Get on that table. Get on the table. Get that hole in your head. Help a friend yeah. who represents trauma in your life. So she's triggered, right? She's super triggered, y'all. A, a triggered Bolana is a sexy, sexy thing. <laughs> That's where your mind went. I was like, not a good thing. Sexy, sexy thing. No, she's stomping around. Roxanne Dawson plays her so well. She's stomping around being like, hell no. I'm not helping a Vidian. I just was experimented on horrifically. You're not going to tie me down, cut open my brain, and take part of my brain out to help one of these people who subjected me to horrible experiments, I, I have no dog in this fight. Yep. How dare you? Yep. And how dare you, sir? How dare you? And so Danara actually is able to appeal to um, the, hum the human side of, of Bolana. And she says to her, look, I understand you went through some trauma. Um, it doesn't help, but you have to understand that my people, like we've been battling this disease for so long that we get really, really tunnel visioned when it comes to finding a cure. So maybe we didn't handle you in the most sensitive way. And I'm really, really sorry. And I don't want you to do anything that you're not comfortable with. Right? Yep. Reverse psychology. Bolana's like, well, fine, I guess. I'm comfortable with it. Fine, just take my brain out. Just of take, shit. just, okay, fine, drill the whole dog. Just do it. Just, just do it. Just do it. So with, 
With all medical treatments, apparently the expedited process of healing cannot really be determined. And for the sakes of, oh, for the sake of this episode, they it's a waiting game. Mm-hmm. It's a waiting game to see if if the Klingon DNA actually does help our our ailing Vidian. They so, graft the medical procedures. They actually graft the piece of Bolana's brain onto her brain. Isn't that great, you guys? Gross. So, so the doc is going, look, homie, we need to preserve your holo... You know, I mean, there's nowhere you can really go. Yeah. And, and, and she's like, nah, bitch, I look fine as fuck. I need to be, I needs to be seeing the men's. I needs to be enjoying the ships. Jack, Jackie's actually reading a transcript of the I episode am. right now. I that's how she goes. She goes, yo, 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 yo. My name's, what's my name? Dinara. My name's Dinara, yo. And I can tell you straight up, I looks fly as fuck. Look at me with my cute little Vidian face. Phage free. Yo, Doc, can we roll? And he's like, nah, dog, we need hollow emitters all over the area to be able to exist. And she goes, man, there needs to be another place this can happen. And he goes, well, actually. Yeah. Sandrine's. Sandrine's. Wee wee. Wee wee. Sandrine's is for this season the uh, prevailing holographic escape getaway, right? Tom Paris exclusive. Limited edition Tom Paris edition. a uh, little getaway, and it's a what would you call it? Like a little divey pub, like a Parisian. It's a pre- bar. I would say it's a Parisian night night spot. Billiards, yeah, billiards. billiards. I mean, it's a bar, but yep. I want to. Ar- I would argue that it's. Uh, yeah, it's a bar. Yep. it's a bar. And she cocktail lounge. Indeed, it's a Parisian cocktail lounge. Mm, there yes. we go. There we go. Um, and Dinara, you have to keep in mind, she's been horrifically deformed her entire life, mm-hmm. right? And now, you know, even though she's just in holographic form, um, she looks perfect. She looks like a perfect rendition she got her of her So she's in Sandrine's, and all of the, uh, you know, everyone's hitting on her. The doc is getting kind of annoyed. We're starting to get, like, the first rumblings that he's very impatient with anyone messing with his patient, right? Mm-hmm. He's impatient with people messing with his patient. Oh, my God. Uh, he's impatient with people not being patient with his patient. Yep. And he <laughs> wants to get impatient. You know what I mean? Stop it. Say. Dinara's all like, hey, you guys. Or not you guys. Hey, doc. Um, we need to give you a name because you don't have a name. Mm-hmm. Well, I was invented by Dr. Zimmerman. Blech, blech. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your name now. Oh, I have a name for you. Schmullis. <laughs> oh, God. You guys, he sounds like the cross between Schmullis. a piece of fish and a shell creature. It's like a, sh- it's, it's like a phlegmy, <coughs> like a phlegmy symptom of other diseases. Schmullis? Little, you know, I got bronchitis last week and now I've got a little bit of the schmullis. You know, I think I'm developing some schmullis on my toe. Maybe that's what happens when you're infected with the phage. Suddenly, everybody's name needs to sound like a disease. Yeah. And, and he, he's cool with it. He actually really likes it. And it reminds her, and the reason why she names him Schmullis is because uh, her uncle, who also made her laugh, is named Schmullis. So that's whack. The fact you guys, that she's this attracted- is already set up to disaster. Yeah. It's messed up. Because uh, why? Like, why would you name someone like that? Why would you name them after your uncle? Yeah, when she clearly is starting to feel attraction to him. If I saw you, I'd be like, hey, your name's Chris Hemsworth. Exactly. Full name him. Yeah. <laughs> He's got... <laughs> there was... I just anyway. need one name, sir. No! Mm-mm. You're getting two. So he walks her back to the med bay. They're having that awkward, like, you know, do will they kiss moment. And he's like, we gotta turn you off because um, you're gonna start, uh, you know, you're, you're gonna start... We can't run the program some, that yeah, long. Yeah, you're going to start suffering some damage. So so he turns her off, 
And uh, but it leaves the doctor with some very confused feelings. Because what is this feeling so sudden and new? <laughs> I felt the moment I turned off your program. <laughs> so he he does the thing that uh, he knows how to do, which is he starts looking up symptoms because he's like, I'm feeling scattered. I'm not really understanding. He WebMDs himself. He WebMDs himself, which is never a good rabbit hole no, to go in. No, because he's like, I have cancer. No, he's, yep. not- he's like, done, got it, knows what's wrong with me. So he's distracted. And what's fascinating is like we are learning, we are finding a doctor who is starting to become more human, right? And he's an adaptive program, which means that his, now that he's been exposed to somebody who's attractive and attracted to him and giving him these signs, his, his programming is adapting to love. It's you know starting to incorporate affection. Yep. Another experience we're blindsided by is when we jump back after the commercial break because what ends up happening is Chakotay confronts Senor no, Paris. In is this in, in the mess hall? Oh, in the mess hall. Oh, in the <laughs> mess hall. My favorite thing is... Okay. <laughs> so, so Chakotay walks up to him. He's going to be the bigger man. He's going to be like, hey, how, hey you, you how you doing? What's up? And basically, Tom Paris pulls the whole summer camp thing where he stands up and goes, look, Chakotay, nobody likes you. Yeah, makes a big show of it. And of course, Awkward. they cut to all the extras going, dog. Yo, dog. Yo. He just said Everybody's it. on Twitter, like, posting it and stuff. Yeah. Like, everybody's sending it to each other. OMG, did you see what at T Paris <laughs> 771 just said about at, at face tattoo McNeese hair? <laughs> Hashtag awkward. Hashtag 76 light years of awkward. Two eggplants. Two eggplants. Because <laughs> um, it's what it is. It's two guys swinging their dicks around. It is. And of course, there are many people in the mess hall Witnessing. watching, bearing witness to this awkward confrontation of it's, angst and testosterone. It's insubordination to the highest degree. But one of these people is Michael Jonas. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what does he do? He does not just sit there, gawk, and, and post on Twitter. He scampers off to his little abode, and lo and behold, he contacts the Kazon Nistrim. Oh, the Kazon? The Kazon? They're the worst. They got the, the, the grody nachos for hair. Yeah, somebody give them, like, some fucking pomade. And water. And water. <laughs> they got nasty-ass, like, like, it's like dreads on steroids. So the Kazon at this stage in Voyager, it, they're the main enemies. These are the people before the before Vo- the creators of the show <laughs> went, you know what? Why are we messing with these, like, nasty, like, gross space Rastafarians? Dude. Let's that- just... It's just, you know, you know what people might enjoy a little bit more? The Borg. But anyway, we're still in season two where the Kazons still fucking matter. And Seska is, you know, a defector who um, really has it out for Voyager. She, she'll get them, my pretty. <laughs> and they're little Neelix, too. Yep. So Mike, we're just going to call him Mike because they actually call him Mike. You know? We'll call him Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike reports back to uh, the Kazon. And we realize for the first time, this is like a weird, really weird non sequitur in the episode we're like, all of a sudden we're taking out, we're taken out of the two other conflicts that are happening. Legitimately. To check in with this random, random guy who's like not even a main character um, reporting to people who don't seem to be involved in this plot. So there's that. We just, all we know, all we have to glean from it is the fact that there is a mole on Voyager. What? (laughs) And of course, Seska goes, you need... To sabotage the, the ship. Coils. You had to sabotage the warp coils, and then we'll get you taken care of. It's 
So all of a sudden, as a viewer, first off, you're being thrown with the insubordination of Tom Paris. Then you're being thrown with the doctor growing a heart. And now you're being thrown with the fact that the ship is going to be sabotaged at some point. Yep. And as a viewer, you're going, what's happening? Which thread should I follow? I what? don't know. What's How about the one with the two hot guys? Okay, well, we're going to get back to that. We're going to jump back to the previous idea that you had before we went down this crazy, crazy pattern of crazy Voyager shenanigans. Where the doctor was WebMDing himself. Yep. So um, he decides that uh, through, with the help of Kess, who's yep. very amused by it, hence my, my choice of amusement or amusing <laughs> at the beginning of this episode. Very. She's very amused by the fact that he thinks that he can, like, um, he can treat the he symptoms treat of it. love, right? Yep. She's like, you know what? You're programmed to adapt. And guess what? Your program has now started incorporating love. Right, you're in love, so uh, deal with it. Have fun. Bye. I'm Have gonna go fun. eat something. And I love the things that he says about it. Right, he says like, "Is there a way to stop it?" Because as a medical professional, like if there's a spread of some kind of affliction, you need to treat the symptoms and you need to stop the spread. But she's like, "Nope." I love that he treats it. He's like, "Why do people actively seek this out? If this is what it makes you feel, why why do people like?" indulge this why do they not treat the symptoms you know what i think is fascinating mm-hmm. we always hear these metaphors or these like mm-hmm. i don't know floral soliloquies of how love is a drug mm-hmm. where in fact love is a disease love is a disease and it's one that um for whatever reason makes the person who's suffering from it not want to treat it it's a disease that you want mm-hmm. it's really weird and he he's baffled by it and he asks Kess, you know why why do people let this happen to themselves and she says because when you find someone that feels the same way it's the best feeling in the world so Cass goes hey because he goes what should I do about this and she goes well for all intents and purposes this could be a reciprocated emotion Mm -hmm. and he goes well how do I find out and she goes hey homie not thinking that he is a program Mm -hmm. well why don't you just tell her how you feel Mm -hmm. he doesn't quite have the he hasn't quite the game. He, he hasn't ingested the, the nuances of what that might mean. Nope, nope, nope. nope. He just goes, got it, understand. Yep. Check. He's, he legitimately has the Ikea how to make this book. And yep. he goes, I'm going to follow this little man yep. and, and take this journey. So, of course, he goes, I got it. So him and, and, and Dinara are just working on this. They bring her back online. Bring her back online. Beep, boop, boop. It's ready, they're ready to now, as a team, check on the progress of the brain graft. And it goes something along the lines of uh, the doc goes, hey, hand me that wrench. By the way, I have an emotional uh, connection. I feel romantically inclined towards you. Uh, do you feel the same way? Thanks. Bye. Yep. And he just looks her right dead in the face. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say, mm-hmm. of all the things that are wrong with this, the approach, the execution, all of it is wrong. It's also the wrong time. Because you have just proposed your love to a woman who's literally standing over her, her own rotting carcass. Her own rotting carcass with her brain exposed. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's later. It's so awkward maybe that later. the freaking telepath can even sense the awkwardness and she doesn't have to use the brain waves. Yeah, Kess is like, ugh. And so you're thinking, wait, this... This might work. Why not? Why shouldn't yeah. it work? Why shan't it work? It does not work. It does not work. She's like, I think we should just be professional together. Um, I like you, but I named you after my uncle and I see you as an uncle. Yep. Essentially. Yep. So uh, the doctor now has to adapt to something new. Heartbreak. <laughs> Burn. Um, and he, he, again, has no way to treat these symptoms. He, he couldn't treat the love and now he can't treat the heartbreak. He cannot. There's no way. He's very upset. 
He's so, forlorn, you guys. So he goes to uh, the resident love expert. Senor. Etom. At Paris. Yep, yep. He goes and he meets him in Sandrine's, and it, this is actually one of my favorite uh, moments in the whole thing. He remembers very fondly, and he tells the doctor, like, um, yeah, uh, you're going to fall in love, and you're going to, uh, and when that person tells you they're not into you, um, you have to just let it go. And mm-hmm. the doctor's like, oh, if you do that, then you're cured? Um. He's like, then I'll, I'll just be cured. I just need to wait it out. And Tom's like, nope. Um, every now and then, there'll, there'll be a song or smell, and it'll take you right back to that moment when you felt the way you felt about that person. And he doesn't know that the doc is talking about himself, right? He makes it, <laughs> the, the doc really kind of sets the, the conversation up like it's... So um, a friend of mine, not me, but a friend. I'm asking yeah, for a, a friend. I'm, I'm, I'm talking for, about a friend, not me. What are you talking about? It's a friend. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's his reaction that tips Tom off because he face palms. When, when Tom tells him, like... When he tells him, like, you're, you know, you're kind of stuck with it. Like, every now and then it'll come back. He face palms and he's like, holy crap, Doc, are you in love? Doc, are you in love? And Doc's like, yeah. Dude. So Tom sets up a little date for them. He goes, picture this, Sicily. Yeah. No, it's kidding. He's the love Doc now. Now Tom is going to do what Tom does best, which is um, set up a situation where the Doc can actually woo his lady love. He's going, hey. I'm going to give you the Tom Paris score machine. And he does. He does. Nice job, Tom. Um, in the meantime, Kess talks to uh, Danara, right, and asks her, why didn't you uh, Why didn't you react to the... If you reciprocated his feelings, which she deduces that she has, Yes. why didn't you just tell him? And you have to... Now you're dealing with, like, Danara's particular psychosis and her neuroticism, right? Which is that she doesn't believe anyone can like her because she's always been ugly. Isn't that fascinating? It's her insecurities that kept her from accepting the truth, which is that here, herein lies a potential mate, right? And, and who sees her for who she is. So uh, she agrees to go on this date. Tom Paris sets it up. They're on a Corvette on Mars. Of course, because that's where Corvettes end up. So Spoiler hot. alert. Tom Paris, take me on a date. You don't really know how to do it. Um, <laughs> I've, I've now just, I'm, now I'm on Mars. Jen is legitimately on Mars right now. Sorry. I'll pick up. So basically, we cut to, we're on Mars in this Chevy. And uh, it's literally the drive-in scenario that we've all known and, and seen in countless movies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a cute callback to that era that, you know, Tom Paris is always synonymous with. with that with that era he's a throwback it is it is an absolute throwback and it works yep with the worst kiss i've ever seen on star trek <laughs> girl i was like what is going on with their mouth well he's never kissed before oh my god so there's the excuse so the yeah. best acting ever yes and it's a big deal for both of them very big deal because she's never had love either Yep. She's she's always been hideous and she's always been yeah. treated like a pariah like so many on her planet. She's like all my friends are dead and everyone who's alive <laughs> is dying. So, so it's not like That's love the worst is, book ever. It's not like love is a priority for her. All my friends are dead. Yeah, and everyone else is dying. And everyone else is dying. So for her, it's a big deal. She gets to experience, one, having a healthy body for the first time in her adult life, um, being able to kiss a fella for the first time, feeling love for the first time, feeling attractive for the first time. And he is, you know, in the same starship, same boat. 
He's he's they're they're in love, and he advances immediately to love, right? Yep. Like he's like, yep. He's like, I love her. Yep. We're yep. good. Yep. Got it. Check that box off, and uh, they end up, you know, just putting their heads to each other, watching the colony on this holodeck program on Mars. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on the bridge. <laughs> Tom Paris is late yet again. Yet again. Tom Paris up to his old tricks. And of course, Jacote's not having it this time. Mm-mm. He's had enough. He goes, eh-eh. Grimes, take the calm. Yeah. And Tom's like, hey, hey. that's mine. Hey. And Chakotay is at this point at this point very motivated to assert himself because now Tom has actually been insubordinate to him in a big public display. Absolutely. Multiple times. If he doesn't nip this in the bud, you know, he's gonna lose so much respect. So he's not having Tom's lip. No. He goes, not today. Tom Paris goes to the captain. The captain says, hey, I put this on Chakotay to remedy the situation. And it looks like, you know what? What he says, I'm going with. And Tom gets so uppity. And what does he do? He shoves. He shoves Chakotay. Chakotay <gasps> falls to the floor. And uh, Janeway sides with Chakotay. She goes like, take Tom Paris to the brig. Hey. Hey, asshole. Go yep. to the brig. Tuva. Take yep. this uh, bag of shenanigans to the brig. You don't just get to go around pushing senior officers, Tom. Hey, Tom. Doesn't matter how cute your eyes are or how perfectly coiffed your hair is or how your shoulders look in the uniform. I don't think that's what Janeway said at all, Jen. <laughs> I don't think that was the uh, the subtext there at all. <laughs> I don't feel that. I just feel like she was like, to the brig with you! And, uh, you good day, be, sir. You may be right. That might have been what more accurate representation of what happened. So, But who, so, who was observing this whole... Uh, Mike. Mike. You don't want Mike to see stuff. He's a tattletale. Mike, you're, you're, where, how did you end up with all this access, bro? Yeah. Mike, what kind of clearance card do you have, bro? So he, he Skypes. So he Skypes. So Mike Skypes. Mike Skypes. <laughs> um, um, Seska. Seska. Yep. And says, yo, you'll never guess what just <laughs> happened, right? Yo, have I got a story for you at this high school? Yeah. <clears throat> Seska is not happy. She's like, well, just do what I say and uh, I will have my vengeance. And you go F with those warp coils. Hey, you remember those warp coils I told you to F with? Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I, I'm, I'm very happy just telling you. I'm just happy being a tattletale. I don't actually want to be a saboteur. And she's like, I will have my vengeance. I will have my vengeance. Everything this woman says, Seska's hilarious because everything she says is practically a cliche of like a, like a throwback, like a Power Rangers villain. Legit. I was going to say that. <laughs> she's like, no, you or won't like get away this witch. time. I'll get you, my pretties. Yeah. Legitimately. I will have my day. I would have my dad. I will have my Voyager. Exactly. So we cut back to sick bay, and uh, so now we got the doc and we got Pell on the same level. Mm-hmm. They're both feeling good about each other, and they're going to check on the. Uh, they're going to check on the graph. Yep. Dinara. Th- Dinara Pell. That's Dinara Pell. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, I'm going to yep. call her D Pell. DP. No. Nope. Her, don't. Call her, we're nope, not going to call her that. Nope, That's nope. one thing we are not going to call as her. As soon as I said it, I regretted it. We're going to command Z that. Yep. And uh, but they're going to check on the graph. And just when their love affair was getting legit, the graph didn't take. No. And not only is it not taking, uh, her body is suffering some really, really bad effects. It's... It's been poisoned. It's been poisoned. Yep. And without the body, as you guys will recall, her consciousness um, in its holographic form will only last for two days. So, yes. So the doc is in panic mode. 
He's like, you know, we need, we need to save your body because otherwise you only have two days of being on this, like on being alive. So they got to get to the bottom of two things. How to prolong her life and who administered the poison. Who poisoned this bitch? Oh, this is a clue, but a mystery. She goes, hey, my name's Deepel and that duns it. Yep, twas me. Twas I am, me. I am Spartacus. Um, <laughs> the doctor's like, what the F? Girl. And she, you know, she makes a very, very compelling point. And this episode really built up to this really well. She says, what I had before was not living, right? She says, like, I would rather live for two days in my current incarnation, being beautiful, having fun with you, being, you know, feeling attractive. I would rather be this way for two days, right, than to spend the rest of my life the way I was living before, which was not living. It was just slowly dying Mm -hmm. or very rapidly dying, depending, right? Um, And she's like, I can't, I cannot go back to that. Mm -hmm. And his response, he wins his response. Do you remember what his response is? No, do you? I do. Okay, let's hear it. He tells her, I can't go back to the way I was. I didn't know love until I met you. And now I know what love is and I can't live without love. Right. And he says, and the only way for me to keep loving you is for you to go back into your body for us to save your body so that you can continue being alive. Right. And there, therein lies the problem, right? Is it wasn't like a matter of like just having one last hurrah. It was like her deep insecurity about being ugly. She was scared that the doctor would not love her um, the way she was because nobody did when she was gross everybody was grossed out by her <laughs> so she smelled bad yo for her the big problem is that now she's back to being ugly old her the, the way she didn't like living the suffering the the being a vidian um the classic vidian but for him he'll lose her in two weeks anyway because yep. if she is back in her body she's now gleaned so much um information about how to treat her symptoms through their collective work here, yeah. revitalizing yeah. her, that it will be her responsibility once they get back to the Vidian colony for her to um, disembark and to help her people, right? So um, either way, they're on borrowed time. <laughs> I'm ugly crying. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, the fact is she is is he's changed her for, for the better. Mm-hmm. And so you can't negate. Again, you can't negate the facts. He mm-hmm. says, I love you. If you die, I can't, you mm-hmm. know, that, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially... She continues to be loved mm-hmm. in, in her previous state, yep. in her real state. Yep. When you go back into your body, you're not going to be just you the way you were. You're going to be someone who's now experienced love and retains that love. Yep. He tells her, I will love you anyway, even if you look nasty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> even if you ratchet, girl. Yeah. I'm going to love you. Yep. But what I think is so so interesting about this episode is we end it with them slow dancing. Yep. She comes out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. And the big reveal, nasty as fuck. <laughs> and he doesn't even flinch when he looks at her no. because he doesn't he doesn't love her for her appearance like she's so oh! like she like she mistakenly thought, right? Stop! He loves her for who she is on the inside, underneath all that rotting flesh. That's all we want as women. We just we just want people to love us underneath all of our disgusting underneath the rotting flesh that no. we borrowed from other people. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time. After this episode ends, uh, it's not the last that you see of this character. She it comes is not. back. She comes back in a very cool way. Later. It is not. But more importantly, what I think is very interesting about the way this episode ends is it was very heartfelt, and I feel like a lot of episodes that deal 
with either Seven or with the Doc experiencing these things, Mm -hmm. there's a sense of limbo. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there was closure in this episode to what this feeling was. There wasn't any, any sense of... I mean, yes, it will, in theory, it will be explored down the road, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, but ultimately, it was a, a very simplistic bookend. Mm-hmm. It was really great. And, um, and yeah, and very, very heartbreaking, and a huge, and the most most important takeaway from the whole thing, this was a huge, huge step in the development of the Doctor as um, somebody who is starting to learn compassion. Yes. Really, really big deal. And we're, there are going to be some very formative, very essential episodes when it comes to the Doctor, and yes. where he becomes, you know, he goes leaps and bounds forward because of traumatic experiences um, or dramatic experiences that really propel his learning. But this was one of them. And early, early, early episode two, uh, episode, yeah, episode, season two. Season two, for and sure. And uh, I think it was an early episode in season two that he's picked up love. So there you go. Love acquired. Love skill. Achievement unlocked. Achievement unlocked. Okay, yep. Trophy on display in the PlayStation store. Yep. So, so uh, there's, and also, you know, speaking of things that um, are going to come back into play, uh, Dinara being one of them. Mm, the Tom Chakotay thing, not the Ooh, last we've, we're going to see of the their... The Tom Chakotay thing. Not the last that we're going to see of their uh, their dick swinging. Um, and I did point this out to Jackie before this episode started, and it's not the correct button to put on this episode, but fuck it, I'm going to say it anyway. Do it. Voyager, I, I will argue to the grave, anyone that wants to fight <laughs> me on this, this is how passionate I now feel about this issue. That she legitimately I, said it sober, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this, the, this issue that I only uh, started getting on board with a few minutes before the podcast started. <laughs> I actually, Just right now. I'm going to say that I'm going to say that Voyager of all the Star Treks, uh, the Star Trek series has the hottest guys. Oh, so she hot. went there, ladies and you gentlemen. Know, fight me. Fight me. She went there. Fight me. Not even Enterprise? Well, I guess they, they got Scott Bakula or whatever. Yeah. But um, but that's one, right? And, and, and if you no. think about Deep Space Nine, I mean, who what, on Deep well, Space... Well, TNG. TNG. If you think you about TNG, Riker is like your only heartthrob. But you didn't think Stewart was dashing and fetching? Yeah, but he's not hot. He's attractive in a way, but he's not traditionally hot. Like, you don't look at him and be like, that's an attractive fella, mm. right? And then if you look at DS9, forget about it. D-Space 9, may- <laughs> oh God, maybe, maybe Bashir. Forget about it. Maybe Bashir, maybe. But, like, by by much of a stretch, what, Odo? Hell no, with his no eyebrows. <laughs> but what? Are you gonna, is anyone going to be into Quark? His Ferengi ass? No, hell no. It's Ferengi. I don't know why I said Ferengi as if it's a reggae. Ferengi! Um, but... <laughs> But look, but look at Voyager, right? Voyager's got Tom Paris, I mean, undeniably hot. I will go across the board. I'll take it a step further. Out of all the crews and yep. all the franchises, yep. Voyager has the most chiseled jawlines. Mm. Everybody's got a jawline. You can chis- you could grate cheese on all the Everyone. jawlines. We're going to go across the board because I agree with you. And I think a lot of times what we see as striking on camera is, yeah. is jawline. It's just it's mm-hmm. just having that head on the shoulders, yep. and you want to follow that man into yep. a furnace or something. Yep. And uh, I don't I don't disagree with you in that way. Tom Paris, he looks he looks like a '90s bad boy. Like he is a '90s bad boy, sexy guy. Yeah. You got um, Chakotay. He actually looks like somebody who'd be on the cover of a romance novel. Right? He does. He, he actually looks like a Zorro, you know, type desperado kind of guy. Or he possibly, legitimately, he's gonna shoot up. 
He's going to shoot up the baddies, put you on the stallion, not his dick, like legitimate yeah. horse, yep. and just ride into the sunset he's got with a, you. He's not only got a noble, like a very chiseled jawline, but he's got like a really noble nose, brow ridge, like combination going on. I We're mean, making this logical at this like, point. Like not even his weird face tattoo can like distract you from the fact that that is one handsome man. It's handsome. He's very handsome. And um, Garrett Wang, even though the character of Harry Kim is quite boyish, that's a good looking Asian man. That is so much. You're like going. No, he really. You are really. You are distilling this. That is a good-looking Asian man. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So they uh, were all very tall and statuesque. Yeah. And Tim Russ, not a bad-looking guy. Not a bad-looking guy. Really not bad-looking. They got the stature. I'm telling you, it's he's a little skinny. He's a little skinny, but he's got like you know really really good features. We do. Yeah. He's he's like. Like in that book smart scholarly kind of way, he's a good looking fella. Look, Voyager's got the hottest guys. Fight me. Fight, fight me. me. Well, uh, I want to see that fight, but not today because this episode's about love. Can I tell you, I really didn't think I love going into these. You know, we were talking, we were going into the deep cuts because we don't want to get to the money episodes too quick. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, I'm loving these deep cuts that we're randomly selecting. Yep. You know, I, I really, really appreciated this episode. When it makes you think, I think is 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 what Star Trek excels at, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Yep. And I don't think um, Voyager is any different from any of the other franchise yep. before it. No, it just has hotter that. guys, but it, otherwise it's the same. <laughs> oh my God. It's the same guys. It's, it's, same. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just with hotter guys. Yes, yeah, like, you guys. And I mean the Doc. He's 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 got he's got the chiseled jawline. Yeah, if you're into bald dudes. Yeah. He's got it. It's not a bad. He's specimen. got it. And got and it. Neelix, I mean, if you're you're into if you're <laughs> if you like Talaxians with like a really really gay fashion sensibility, can I tell then, you though? Out of all the Talaxians we encounter in this series, he's the best looking one. Yeah. See, hottest guys fight hottest me. Hottest guys. Jen wants a calendar. Someone make it. <laughs> I'll, I'm photoshopping that at work. <laughs> someone tell you about my secret project? So I'm oh doing at work. Oh my gosh. Well. Speaking of secret projects, let's go back to the illusion of love, as it were. What? Uh, so, tasting this wine again, Jen, what do you get from it? Oh, you know what? It's actually gotten really grassy. The, you, you taste a lot more barnyard. I was going to say, it has a lot more bite now. Yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting because wines in general are supposed to mellow out. And this one actually comes back to slap you in the mouth. Yeah, it's got like, and uh, you're probably detecting the same thing I'm detecting. You're detecting it as spice. I'm detecting it as like a fresh green, like a vegetal, like herbaceous quality to it. Well, yeah, for me, I mean, my palate's kind of messed up, ladies and gentlemen. I've been sick for a bit. But um, what what I do notice is instead of, basically instead of taking a chill pill, it's, it's like it's getting turned. Wraps, and I think that's really fascinating. Yep. That's a yep. really fascinating bottle. So... Um, so, so Jen, yes, Jen, mm-hmm. your turn to pick an episode. Well, I had a thought lately. Uh oh. Um, I feel like you know what you know what everybody loves. What Nazis? Not. <laughs> oh my god. Not. Stop right now. So uh, so uh, you know what you know what we would like to see. Um, how about the crew of Voyager killing Nazis? Can I tell you when? You know, to be timely of this episode, there's been a lot of political whatever. But there's, you know, that that um, gif of uh, Indiana Jones beating up a Nazi. And I remember I was like, where's the one where Janeway's beating up the Nazis? Yeah. 
oh, wait, there was a two-part episode on that. Exactly. So next week, we're going to take it on. We're going to take it on. We're going to do Killing Game, parts one and two. At the same time! time. You guys! One of my favorites. I love Killing Game. Jen really likes Killing Game. It's it's always fun when the Star Trek, and it's a long-standing tradition, um, starting from TNG, really, where... um, Well, after Roddenberry died, they could do it. Yep, where where characters... uh, you know, take on different, they take on different uh, eras yeah. that are familiar to us. And so we're going to see the entire cast of Voyager back in World War II well, fighting again, a good fight. Yeah. We're also going to deal for the first time in our podcast with uh, one of the major enemies of uh, the Voyager universe, which is the um, Herogen. The Herogen. This is going to be our first brush with the Herogen. The Herogen, those motherfuckers. I I really the villains in Voyager they're mean motherfuckers. They got better, they got better. They like, got better, and they got with yeah. The jokes, the Kazon and the Vidians are not dangerous. Yeah. The Kazon with their wacky hair with and the their bean dip hair and their primitive ways of thinking. They're practically <laughs> just tribal people. And then we got the fucking Vidians, whose their greatest threat is the fact that they're icky. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the thing about the Vidians, it's always so. I mean. I will argue that the thing that, about the Vidians that is really challenging is the fact that they, because they're so focused on their mission, mm-hmm. there is no remorse. They're very Borg-like in that way, yeah. you know? Like, there is an end game to what they do. There is no way to talk around them. Yeah. Um, you know, it took a, it literally took a debilitated solo deep hell yeah. to, uh, to be able to sway her for the better. But then, as a series progressive, we're, progresses, where we have, like, these, these, Villains that you have to qualify, much like you just did, right? Yeah. We're like, well, they're actually pretty bad because blah, blah. As the series progressive, we got progressives. We got the Borg. Oh, yeah. Fuck, we got the Herogen. Yeah. Who, they're basically predators. Like predator as in the movie Predator. Legit. No, legit. They they are a culture based on hunting things to the death. Yep. And then we have Species 8472. They're basically alien. They're praying they're, mantises they're, they're, they're basically They're basically xenomorphs. I mean, void the Voyager crew had to face some pretty tough adversaries Holy like that shit. giant snot ball bug <laughs> holy shit i mean like yeah no it's no badass anyway it's, it's uh that's why we love voyager and yes. the hottest guys and 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 to end on that i love it oh my god jen's kicking the air I love it. jen's jen's doing backflips right now I love it. not even kidding not even kidding so you can fight her. If you want to fight her, please do so on social so we can all bear witness. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All you have to do is type in Seven of Wine. We made it really easy for you. You can also send us emails at engage at sevenofwine.com. And of course, you can check out all our episodes on sevenofwine.com. If you like what you heard, subscribe, yo. iTunes, rate us, review us. We love you. And uh, I'm Jacqueline Lopez. I'm Jennifer Zang. And this was Seven of Wine. About Voyager with the hottest guys in space. Hottest guys in space. Fight me. Fight her.